Welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues. Hello and welcome to Money is Emotional with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, how are you doing? I'm awesome. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I, <laughs> I saw the title of this podcast that you uh, sent me and I am so curious. <laughs> High income, hot mess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes, yes. So, t- so tell me about this. What, what are we talking about? Well, contrary to popular belief, more money won't fix your financial problems. Mm-hmm. And I know for some of you listening, that seems like very bad news. <laughs> but here's the thing. If it were true that more money would fix all of your financial problems, then we wouldn't have celebrities and professional athletes going bankrupt. True or or Powerball winners. I can't remember what the percentage is, but it was like last time I looked, it was like 75 or 80% of all huge lottery winners are bankrupt within the first what, five, 10 years. Something ridiculous yeah. like that. Yeah, it's the same for uh, professional athletes. It's yeah. like 70% file bankruptcy Jeez. by the time they retire or I don't know, sometimes they don't, they don't choose retirement and they have an injury and it chooses them. And so there's some deeper things going on. It's not just about how much income you make. I want people to make a high income and all of my clients are high income earners. Most of my clients are making north of $250,000 a year. A lot of people would think, well, gosh, if I was making that kind of money, how would you possibly have financial problems? Well, you can have a high income and still struggle financially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many people think that it's just about the income. I can cover everything. That'd be great. But... Here's the thing. If our mindset and our habits don't grow and change with our income, we're basically going to have the same issues with more dollar signs. So I used to work with a guy who, if you saw him out and about, you would think that this guy was super rich Mm -hmm. drove an escalade had the gucci shoes all the brand name clothes he lived in a really nice house on the edge of a nice country club golf course however after getting to know this guy through the workplace i realized that even though he looked great on the outside Every single thing that he had came with a loan. Mm. Everything came with a payment. 
So it was like he had all this fancy stuff, but he owned none of it. Yeah. So most likely what happened is that's the way he lived when he was, you know, a broke college student making a couple bucks an hour. And he continued with those habits as his income grew. Now, if you spend everything that you make or if you spend your paycheck before you get it in anticipation of getting it because mm-hmm. you know, you're using credit cards and loans, et cetera, then most likely you're going to continue that behavior. And it was so interesting because the first time I realized this, I, I, I used to work in HR and he wanted an advance on his commission. Hmm. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry, <laughs> you're driving an Escalade. Yeah. <laughs> what What is going on here? And I always tell people, you cannot tell how financially stable and prosperous someone is by looking at them. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, because yes. I think for a long time, the thought or the perception has been and maybe it's an excuse and that's what i really want your opinion on of folks that are in pretty how do you say it uh high profile jobs right Mm. they feel like they have to have the gucci shoes they've got to drive the bmw or the escalade or or whatever they have to put on airs or they have to put on this facade so people will do business with them. Is that right? Do you think that's still true? I mean, in, in this day and age, I, I could imagine that just because of the movies that we watched in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> but today, right. is, is that really a thing anymore? Is that do you have to have it or can you just kind of get some knockoffs? Yeah, well, and it's interesting that you bring this up because this is actually one of the points that I wanted to make because high income earners, they do have a pressure to keep up appearances. Many of my clients are doctors, attorneys, business owners, you know, with 10, 20, 30 employees. And there is that pressure of, I have to keep up a certain appearance of success, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and maybe it's an unspoken expectation to quote unquote, keep up with the Joneses or to keep up with the other doctors that you're working with at the hospital or the other attorneys at your practice. They all live in, you know, certain neighborhoods. They take certain types of vacations, drive certain cars, send their kids to private schools, etc. But, you know, many times they haven't stopped long enough to think about and decide what success looks like for their family. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I love to do with all of my clients is I conduct a dream session with them and I have them create a vision board for their family. Okay. So so tell me about that. What, What does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are familiar with vision boards, but, you know, maybe they're not. Essentially, it is finding pictures that represent the results that you want in your life. 
Now, these can be strictly financial or these can be experiences or, I mean, it can even be like relationship goals or health goals. When I talk about doing vision boards for my clients, I tell them, hey, you and I, we're talking about money here, but money's goal is to support your happiness. And so it's not just about the money. It's also about your health goals, your family goals, your relationship goals, and how money can support those things. Mm -hmm. So for me, on my vision board, I have different places that my husband and I want to visit and vacation. I have a picture on there of our dream house that we want with a pool, different things like that. And what it does is it really helps them define what success is for them and their family. And as they're doing this vision board, they may realize that some of the things in their life that they're paying for, they didn't consciously choose for themselves. Hmm. That it was this expectation of people like us go on vacation in places like this. Gotcha. Or doctors like me, we have to we have to drive a Mercedes or a BMW rather than, you know, I mean, sure, a fancy car is nice, but once they start doing their vision board and they see what's really important to me is having experiences with my family, then you can actually start to readjust and redirect your income to the things that are really important to you. And another thing that I see all the time is that high income professionals and business owners, they don't need to pinch pennies and live on a strict budget. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of a double-edged sword. So if, if you're making a very modest income, you really have to watch your spending. You have to have a lot of awareness and a lot of control to make sure that you've got enough to get to the end of the month. Yeah. If you're making $300,000, $400,000, $500,000 a year, you don't need to pinch pennies. However, this can catch up with you, right? So you can get away with being disorganized or being a little sloppy with your spending. But what I find is my clients come to me when they have this aha moment that they're not where they thought they would be financially at this point. Mm -hmm. They get their tax return back and they see what their taxable income was. And they're like, wow, we made $475,000 this year. Where did it all yeah, go? Wh where is it? Right. That's, that's the question. <laughs> where did it go? Why do we still have credit card debt? Why do we still owe money on our student loans? Mm -hmm. Why is there almost no money in our savings? What is going on here? And at the same, you know, at the same time, they don't want to go into something super strict, right? So they, they, they've been kind of living it up, not paying attention to anything, 
pretty much doing whatever they want. But they also know that the flip side of that, that the opposite of that is not what they want. They don't want to be on a super strict budget. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have to account for every single penny or sell their Mercedes if they don't have to. Yeah. So as I said, it's this um, this conundrum of, okay, I, I don't want to be in a strict budget, but I know I need to do something, but I don't really know. I don't really know what to do. Is it being just being intentional? It is. And sometimes it does actually pay to dig into the details for mm -hmm. at least a short period of time. Yeah, it's important to create awareness. Yeah. Well, like, like you said, a lot of times they, they realize it when they're filling out their taxes, right? Holy cow, this is what I made, but yet this is not what I have, right? And it sounds to me, it's kind of like a wake-up call. And to me, whenever I've talked to my kids or, or you know, used that phrase before, a wake-up call, it always I've always kind of envisioned uh, waking up out of a not a scary dream or a dream, but a dream maybe where you're falling or something where when you wake up, you're startled, right? Right. But here's the thing is that your heart is beating faster. Your breathing is more shallow. You're like, holy cow, what the heck was that? <sighs> but give it a few minutes and that that moment passes, right? And yeah. I think that that's true of any wake up call. They can be filling out their taxes. Holy cow, what in the world happened here? But then that feeling of, you know, shock soon dissipates and then it's back into their regular routine if they don't make those changes or if they're not intentional or if they don't have that awareness that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like, okay, so what do I do now? Yeah. And the other point I want to bring up is that, you know, I've, I've got a lot of clients who are high income professionals, but they're not necessarily great at numbers or finances. Mm -hmm. They may not have been taught by their parents. And we make this assumption because they're smart and they went to law school, they went to med school, that they should know how to do this. And they often put that pressure on themselves. They're like, I'm a lawyer. I've been practicing yeah. for 20 years. Why can't I figure out my own finances? This is ridiculous. Excuse me. Yes you. Thank you so much for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christinelukin.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. That's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. That, I mean, because here's the thing. I, I know uh, a gentleman who's an accountant, a big I mean, worked for very large corporations, very successful. He doesn't know anything about fixing anything around his house. Nothing. Yeah. Right. Can't do a thing. God bless him. I have had to fix it myself because I've been poor most of my life. Right. I mean, they, right. You, you learn things because you have to. This guy hires people to do that for him because A, it doesn't take his time to hire somebody else to do it. Right. And B, he doesn't know how to do it. And it's so funny that I think... <laughs> What you're saying is that these people can't believe that they can't deal with their finances, but yet it's not something they think of hiring out or saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hire somebody to help me take care of this because I don't want to have to learn everything. Right. And there's, 
you know, there's a learning curve if you want to try to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why people see the value in hiring a coach because I can help you learn it faster. Mm -hmm. And the analogy that I love to use is if you think about in the airports where they have the moving sidewalk. Yes. Love those. Yes. I had this epiphany over the winter when I was when I was coming home from Florida. And many times I bypass the moving sidewalk because I want some exercise, right? Because if if I've got to fly that day, I may not have had time to get my workout in. And so it, as long as I have the time to walk, I'm like, I'm going to get the exercise. Okay, well, this particular day, I walk on the moving sidewalk so I can say I've doubled the amount of speed that I, I exercised more. <laughs> uh, I really wish it worked that way. Yeah, I, it doesn't. Just don't tell me it doesn't and I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't want reality here. This is not what I come for. Uh, so th this particular day, I, I was a little pressed for time and I was actually kind of tired. So mm -hmm. I hopped on the moving sidewalk. And I was walking at a very leisurely strolling pace, mm -hmm. pulling my suitcase behind me on the moving sidewalk. And I passed this woman who was not on the moving sidewalk and she was like power walking. <laughs> and I just glided past her like it was nothing. Yeah. And the thought struck me that I am the moving sidewalk for my clients. Hmm. I love they that. can they can struggle and through their own effort, they can get to the same destination without me. But because of what I know and because of the things I can almost immediately see in them as we start working together. I have the changes and the tweaks that they need for their mindset, for their habits, you know, for the the practical managing of the money that, you know, by the time we get finished with our six months of coaching, we're both amazed by their progress. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had clients pay off $50,000 in debt in six months. Gee, many Christmas. I know. It's crazy. Like good crazy. Yeah. And, but I think sometimes there is this trepidation of if I hire a financial coach, is she going to yell at me? Is she going to judge my spending? Is she going to make me give up going to Vegas or make me give up the Mercedes, et cetera? It's none of that. It, it's really a matter of what's important to you. Let's make sure that the money is going where you want it to go. Because here's the thing. If there's no structure for tracking and managing your money, that lack of attention will literally cost you. So with almost every single client I have, when we start digging into the recurring charges, and I'm not just talking about Netflix, mm -hmm. you know, people have things on like auto subscriptions with Amazon or different companies, and they've they've got like a six-month stockpile of you know their protein powder or their mm -hmm. face cream or whatever 
and and it's easy to forget about that kind of stuff, right? They 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 see the email that comes in and they're like, oh crap, I've already got a bunch of that. And then just like that, they forget about it and exactly. the subscription never gets canceled. So it's those things can easily add hundreds of dollars to expenses every month. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of saying, hey, if it is important to you and you are using it, then by all means, keep it. But it's so easy to just forget about those things and let them slide. And that's why companies love to get you hooked in Absolutely. to those auto subscriptions. <laughs> and and even just having the awareness around how much you're paying in finance charges. Now, one of my clients that signed on with me recently, you know, he was carrying a pretty hefty credit card balance. And I was like, why don't you just pay this off? And he's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Hmm. Well, once we started using the personal finance app together and he started seeing that amount show up under, you know, finance charges and fees, he paid it off because he could see that it was costing him $600 a month in interest. Yeah. He wanted to keep the money in his savings. He was like, oh, I feel like I want to keep this in my savings. And I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, yeah. but once he started seeing that come out, it only took like two months. And he was like, no, nah, that $600 a month is better, better used somewhere else. So I don't even like using the term budget. And I'm sure we will probably do an entire episode on on budgets but first of all i don't like the term because it makes people think about a crash diet yeah restrictions yeah that's not a good mentality but with my high income clients we don't do traditional budgeting Mm -hmm. what we do is we set targets and we track now here's the thing when we look at their spending plan we're going to see things that are over, but we're also going to see things that are under. This isn't about getting upset and adjusting your category so everything matches to the penny. What it's really about is it's more of the macros than the micros. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, are you making as much money as you said you were going to make? And are you spending what you said you were going to spend or less? And yeah. do we need to adjust these targets? The, the way that I do it is much more fluid. It's not, okay, let's take what you spent last year, divide it by 12, put it in your budget, and we're going to chisel it in a stone tablet, and you better balance to the penny. That's no fun. Nobody wants to do that. No. Well, <laughs> it, it, again, I, I, the word you used was perfect, awareness. Yes. Right? And, and it's not necessarily the budget that is the issue. It's just what are you aware of and what are you not aware of? And, yes. and it's, it's confession time. You ready? Yes. I'm a business owner and you know that. And, and I have a subscription and these companies don't make it easy to cancel these subscriptions or change your subscription. They, they don't want to lose your business. So nope. I have been using QuickBooks online Yes. and I pay for that. Well, when I first signed up, I had two companies. Mm. And so it was started out simple enough, easy enough, 20 bucks a month for each company, $40 a month. 
Okay, no big deal. Well, the price slowly crept up, slowly crept up, slowly crept up. Christine, I sold one of the companies in 2017. <laughs> I'm still paying on a monthly basis for my QuickBooks for that company, which does not exist anymore. And over the time, it's crept up to $80 each. Wow. So, so I'm spending $160 a month right now. I've, I've got an accountant helping me out and working on some things. And once he's completely done and doesn't need access to that anymore, I will hopefully get rid of all of it. However, I've sent a couple emails to, hey, can we cancel this part of the subscription? Can we? They never have. <laughs> and I can't oh get into it. So it's just one of those things where now I look at that on a yearly basis and I'm like, okay, that's $960 I spent for nothing. Nothing. dollars oh right? Yeah. The shame. I feel the shame of this. <laughs> I feel judged. I'm just well, kidding. Don't don't feel don't feel ashamed. There is no judgment here. However, I will I will lovingly lovingly give you one piece of homework Got for it. today's episode. Please do <laughs> cancel it. Do what you need to do to cancel it. Even if you need to like change your change the credit card or close oh, yes. the credit card, like get rid of it. Absolutely right. <laughs> just, just yank the rug right out from under them. I'm going to bankrupt that company because I'm the only one paying for these services. I'm sure. Uh, I just wonder how many subscriptions, like if they would look at the activity, how how many of our subscribers are active versus inactive and they're actually paying for something that they're Mm -hmm. not even using. It's probably pretty high. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. If we spend regular quality time tracking and managing our money, then we're going to know where it's going and we can make better decisions. And it it doesn't have to be hard and it it doesn't have to be tedious. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely. All right. Anything else that we need to cover for today's podcast? I mean, this has been gold so far. Well, the final point that I want to make is you know, when you are smart and successful, it can be hard to ask for help. Mm-hmm. There can be deep shame, like you just talked about, of being in financial distress. You know, I'm a smart person. Why can't I figure this out? And then what happens is we can get caught in what I like to call the money shame cycle. And essentially what happens is we make a money mistake. We feel bad about it. Then we make it mean something about us, right? Mm. So rather Mm -hmm. than just saying, hey, let's just be honest. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. That was a waste of money. What can I do to learn from this and move on? Instead, we say, I screwed up with money. I'm stupid. I'm not good with money. There's something wrong with me. So we basically take guilt over a mistake, mm-hmm. which which guilt can be a healthy thing because it's that check in our gut that says, hey, man, you screwed up, yeah. right? We all do. We're human. But when we internalize it and make it mean something about us, then we've turned it into shame. And the problem with shame is that there's really no productive results that come from shame. Shame makes us want to hide. And so we end up withdrawing and covering up our mistake rather than reaching out and getting help. Mm. 
And the other thing that just kills me is that I've had so many people come to me and they say, uh, it was just it's so hard for me to reach out to you. And sometimes I can even tell, like, you know, I've had people get kind of teary-eyed or you can tell they're super nervous. And they tell me about an instance from their past where they reached out to try and get help and a financial professional basically shamed them and made them feel bad or stupid for making the mistake. (laughs) That always helps. Yeah. So I can understand why it's hard to reach out and say, yeah, maybe I can do this by myself, but I'd I'd rather do it with someone that can help me get the result a mm-hmm. lot more quickly. Yeah. And Absolutely. the other the other thing too is sometimes it is it's hard for us to see exactly what the problem is clearly in the solution because we're too close to it. I've heard this phrase and I I don't know who said it. I wish I could give credit, but it essentially goes like this. You can't see the label from inside the bottle. Yeah, I've never heard so, that before. So I'm a wine lover. So if you that. just yeah. imagine, like if I'm inside of a bottle of wine, I can't read the label. Yeah, if you're no. too far inside a bottle of wine, you can't see much of anything. I'm just, I'm just saying. But I, but I get what you're it's saying. True. Right. Okay. Well, we could say it's a bottle of grape juice. Of course. That makes you feel better. But, you know, we can't see what the label says because our perspective, it's too close. Yeah, you know, we're, we're too close to it and it's on it's on the on the outside. But someone who is just a few feet away from us, staring us eye to eye, they can see it very clearly. Yeah. What and they're like, oh, this is it. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're a genius. And they're like, nah, not really. I can just, I can read it. I can see it right there. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, even if your finances aren't quite a hot mess, you know, there can still be feelings of embarrassment and anxiety mm-hmm. that you're not where you thought you would be by now. Mm-hmm. And I get that a lot where people will come to me and they'll say, I thought by this point in my life, my results would be different, that I yeah. I wouldn't still be worried about money, that I wouldn't still have this debt or that I'd have more in savings, I'd have more in retirement. But the only way to break that that money shame cycle is to stop it before you internalize it and say, hey, Yes, I have made some mistakes. However, I'm going to reach out and get help or I'm going to educate myself and I'm going to be proactive about fixing this problem instead of hiding from the problem. Yeah, got it. Well, this has been a ton of great information. Obviously, everybody has their own internal battle that they have to deal with. The nice thing is, is that you're on the battlefield with them, right? And absolutely. Yeah. And and you're, you're standing right there. Uh, There is no shame from Christine specifically. I'm just going to speak for myself. If you spend $500,000 on macaroni art, I might judge you for that. (laughs) But that's me saying that, not Christine, because macaroni is to be eaten, not art. Just my opinion. But that's hilarious. <laughs> if there's somebody, if there's somebody listening to this going, I've kind of felt that. I've kind of felt the guilt. I've kind of felt the shame. I've kind of felt the why am I not doing better? I know that you're open to phone calls. I know that you're open to to having a meeting. How do they get a hold of you so they can just 
without judgment, broach this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can reach out to me on my website. Um, if they go to christinelucan.com forward slash apply, they can schedule a call with me right there on the website. Fantastic. And I know that you've got a program as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So if someone feels like they want a more DIY approach, they don't want the moving sidewalk. Um, I do also have my financial dignity on demand course, which is self-paced and moves through all the different areas of personal finance. So that um, that is a perfectly uh, good solution mm -hmm. as well. So, And they can find that on the, on the uh, website, right? Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. In parting, I just want to tell people, you know, no one, not even high income earners are immune to money problems and to money stress. But the good news is if that's you, you can usually make amazing financial progress in a relatively short amount of time when you have the proper framework and the proper guidance. Yeah. Fantastic. Christine, thank you so much for today. This has been fun. Yes, I have enjoyed it. You bet. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lucan. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Christine comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Money is Emotional, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www.christinelucan.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelucan.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Lucas. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.